everyone um, and I'm really sorry it's been such a long time um, since the last podcast. What have I been doing? Well, as you know, if you listen to the other podcast, I had a very rough few months health-wise, um, <laughs> really since last November um, right through until probably the end of July. Um, it's not been good and I still and I've still got ongoing effects of whatever so the actual uh, shingles that's all sort of almost subsided I still have some um, sensations in down the side of my hand and in my wrist that um, I can't even explain how it feels if you touch it, it just feels um stingy but it doesn't it doesn't sting when you don't touch it if you see what I mean so it's just when you touch it or or sometimes if I overdo some work um then it will start to ping a little bit but uh it is going and I'm glad it's going because I did think I was actually going to be left with permanent nerve damage there but it seems to be subsiding albeit rather slowly um I can't remember. I think the eye situation is ongoing still. I'm um, under the Uvitis Clinic up at the John Radcliffe. Um, and I went there for my first appointment a couple of weeks ago. So I'm still on... Sorry about the aeroplane. You know, the runway has been closed for about a fortnight because they've been repairing it. Today, obviously, back over again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm back on steroid drops for those in order to try and um, kick this thing into touch because I don't, you know, nobody wants to lose their eyesight, do they? So, just another one of those life's things. Um, As I sit here at the minute, it is uh, half past nine on a Thursday, on Thursday the 9th, yes, Thursday, no, 8th, 8th of... September, September, um, and the kids have just gone back to school, and all through July and August, the weather was appalling. I mean, if you live in the UK, you'll know we were stuck in a in a weather bomb, um, and it was absolutely awful. I mean, I've never known, I can't remember a summer like it. Um, just not the best. And last week, I actually made soup and put on extra layers. This week, this morning, it was 18 degrees at half past seven in the morning. It's, it's completely different. The plants don't know wh- whether they're coming or going. Um, I've got elderflower flowering again. It has no idea what it's doing. I've heard uh, other people say their geese have started laying, and that doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if we found a goose egg or two. Um, it's just... <laughs> so topsy-turvy nobody knows what they're doing I mean all the plants were already getting to you know ready to die down for autumn and then all of a sudden we've got this um push of intense heat and um they don't know what's what and I'm really surprised how quickly considering the amount of rain we've had over the summer how quickly everything's starting to flag because of the intent and it is intense I mean last night was this the stickiest horriblest night ever um it was still we came back we went to visit my mum um popped over to see her have a cup of tea and she is off to australia for six weeks on saturday so we popped over there last night to see her and we were driving back about half past six and it was still 29 degrees registering on the thermometer 29 degrees at half past six you know that that was summer we both have had that in in july and august not september however i'm not complaining it just means that we've gone from again as usual for me um we've gone from wet cold weather that you can't get on to blazing hot where i can't get on it's just um just never seems to be a happy medium at the minute i'm sure there is actually there is there are happy medium days but then that during the summer holidays those are days when i was usually had the grandchildren or you know we've gone out for the day or something like that so it's like or something else cropped up so it was always um you know and i do and i feel it i'm like oh god it's a really it's a day an ideal day for me to be getting out today but i can't so and it's uh and then you know come the next day and it's pouring with rain and or the next day it's intensely hot and you're like 
oh, you know, am I ever going to get anything sorted? The good thing is, is I do feel well in myself, well enough to, um, on the whole, feel well enough to think, to tackle jobs that I know that are needing. I, I'm going to do a complete um, reorganisation of some of my areas in my uh, in my produce garden. I'm going to call it a produce garden from now on. So it used to be the vegetable garden. Then Now it's mostly going over to flowers, but I do want to grow, and I have still grown some produce this year, not as much as we ever did before. But um, I also, you know, I don't have the avenues anymore where we use it. I mean, I try not to cook too much stodgy food, you know, not too many pies and crumbles, much to John's disgust, but it's not good for our waistline. So... Um, so we've had, and I can't even give the cooking apples away at the minute, that we've got that many that I can't even give them away. I've, I've, I've done some up for the freezer for us over winter. I'm trying to give away as many as possible. Same with the plums. Uh, the cherry tomatoes are, there are loads and loads and loads of them. And we've had plenty of cucumbers. Well, the kids all, you know, they all take home tomatoes and cucumbers. That's fine. But there is only so many. Um, apples and that you want in the freezer or, or, or dried or anything really. Um, although I did see somebody made apple sugar the other day and I thought well that's quite interesting so you basically dry the apples out and then grind them up um, as far as I can remember which makes apple sugar which uh, that's quite interesting isn't it I might have a go at that at some point we'll see along with all the other things I'm going to have a go at <laughs> um, How are we getting on on the small holding? Well we have had um, an egg drought here, or oh, terribly. Um, I've had to put out notice to customers say, I'm dreadfully sorry. I mean, we lost that many hens to the fox. Um, and the hens that we had were getting on, uh, I think they're probably into their third year now, which is pretty old for, for you know, hybrid laying hens, when you want a regular supply of eggs anyway. Um, and we needed to have a well you know i have said all the the time we're not having any more we're not having any more not having any more however <laughs> as you do i had a change of heart because it's nice to have the customers come in to get their eggs and all the customers are like oh please don't give up please don't give up so we are going to have a much much smaller flock than we've ever had before but we will you know try and turn the flock over a little bit quicker so that we keep a, a regular supply of eggs i mean it was just we couldn't this time because the supply of chickens ran out and um and that was that the, the supplier just couldn't get any um but we have a batch arriving today at two o'clock so john has been busy cleaning out all the front hen house and those hens um we're going away on the first of october but those hens for the time being will stay inside their outdoor pen because we don't want to lose any more of them we have got old hens at the back so if the fox comes along and wants them have them because they are eating the eggs you know i have to go out, dive up there every now and again well quite regularly if, if i want any eggs at all because we've got one or two and it's a job to identify which ones are eating the eggs so we're basically getting um Less well, we get in a box a day to put out, which you know, customers are coming like, oh, no eggs again, no eggs, no, sorry, you know, it's really, it's quite embarrassing, and it's you feel a bit uncomfortable. But I have put out a thing to say we are getting new hens today, so you know, we do have the the customers who just, you know, the our, our um stalwart customers that just keep coming back to see if we've got any more eggs, which is really nice, and hopefully, once we've got quite a few eggs, we'll start building it back up again. Um, not not massively this time though because we don't we don't want to. Um, the ducks we've got the ducks we've got they're probably about three going on four and they're getting tired but they are still laying. Um, we've lost a few of those. Um, some over about three over winter I think uh, last winter. The geese as I said we lost five of those last year to the fox but the the three that we've got are still poddling around and they're just completely free range and do whatever they like and sleep in a stable at night and we've still got ted um so we don't have the quail anymore they've gone um we have one guinea pig left and we still got the two horses so we're like greatly reduced in numbers we've still got three cats and two dogs still really greatly reduced in numbers but um it's a whole lot less pressure 
considering um, for, for, for four months or more, John has had to do all the animals before he goes to work and when he comes home because I just absolutely couldn't do them. So more than that, probably. Um, so the pressure is massively off, you know, and, and, you know, and he, he turned 60 in, in June and I'm 60 next year. And, uh, you know, you just get to the stage where you want a little bit... Well, actually, sometimes your mind doesn't. Your mind wants to be doing it. Your body's not what that willing. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't want to do, you know, 12-hour shifts anymore. It, it just it can't, you know. And John come home and he'll say, oh, I saw such and such today, the electrician, and he's saying, I'm getting too old for this. And it's true, you know. Um, it always amazed me they keep putting up the age of retirement, but and which is all well and good if you work in an office um, or you've got a light job. But when you when it's manual labour, that's not really fair. Um, and and I and I did hear somebody say, well, you know, some sort of thing discussion about it, and they're like, well, these people can retrain. Well, <laughs> retrain really at sort of sixty, sixty five years old retrain a labourer you know somebody who's used to manual work Uh, no (laughs) just not these people who are thinking up these things do not live in the real world I'm I'm sure of that um what else well the flowers the flowers so the flowers are the main focus here now um and I did actually think maybe maybe this will just morph into um flower podcast but I thought maybe I should do a you know beginners flower farm podcast because um you know you learn a massive massive amount as you're going along so you wash a lot of buckets I can tell you that you wash a lot of buckets all the time because you have to get your buckets scrupulously clean um I've been out this morning already cutting for an order today and one for tomorrow and on Saturday I have a workshop um, with six ladies coming to do a hand-tied bouquet workshop Um, because of the weather and because of the situation I was in where I could not plant seeds I couldn't plant my um, annual seeds I couldn't see to my flowers uh, particularly well um, so I am finding all through summer, it's been fine, all the spring flowers and the summer flowers. The, the ones towards the end of the summer, I am finding I'm struggling a bit because they haven't had the care initially that they should have and I didn't get the annuals in. So I am, things are a bit sparse. And also the weather, the weather has played absolute havoc with the dahlias and things. Um, the rain has just spoiled so many of them. It's unbelievable. And the lack of sunshine means they just don't, they're not coming out you know I have some that they tried to come out and they just went they were tight in bud and they just the bud just went translucent because of the amount of rain we had which was like crazy um and I know I've got an awful lot of work to do to put things right to put systems in order that mean that I will have a better crop next year for them I need um, I say this every year and every year I think oh it'd be fine but it's never fine um staking staking is one big thing that I really need to do and I I did this this year I got my head around the watering system and I put the watering system all in place and we didn't bloody need it (laughs) not until this week anyway so it's like you can't it's like you're in a no-win situation all the time it seems so the watering systems are in place I need to adjust some of the beds so that the water so in the other beds that have not got watering systems laid down it will be easier to lay down a watering system that's that you know that runs and follows through rather than having to water bits here and water bits there if you see what I mean in the polytunnel um I'm finding and I found the same with vegetables and I don't know if you if you've got a polytunnel you'll find this so I can't think how big our polytunnel is anyway so we've got a single door and a path down the middle However, and we um, I have to put raised beds in it because it's on a clay seam. However, the stuff that grows near the edge, if it gets too tall, just sticks to the plastic, you know, to, sticks to the covering of the polytunnel when it's um, humid in there. Um, and it's not a lot of good at all. So I said to John, how, how about we rejiggle this so that we put the planting bed in the middle of the polytunnel and have the path 
around the outside. Now I know we're going to lose probably um, a part, a path's width more space, if that makes sense. We are going to lose that, but I think we will gain in we definitely gain in height and accessibility because um, across that bed it's quite far to stretch to pick anything at the back. I <laughs> I'm I'm not I I'm quite well uh blessed in the chest area if you know what I mean and the amount of times I've broken stems leaning across to get another stem is nobody's business um and really quite annoying so I, I'm kind of thinking we'll, we'll see we might have to I don't know I just think that we are going to get better growing space out of it if we do like that more um quality growing space and um and I'm going to be able to get to the areas I need to better so we will lose space but we will gain quality space I think that's in my head that's that's the way it's going um the beds out of the front um are doing quite well actually I mulched two of them and they're doing really well the other one I never got around to mulching and that now in this intense heat even the rudbeckia are collapsing I'm ridiculous um so they are collapsing but they so that needs a mulch and I also need a lot of things dug out there because it's now in its third year and the first year it looked sparse the second year it filled out a bit and there was a few spaces where I lost some things over winter but this year um everything is obviously well established and it's just you know like the equinox just was monstrous <laughs> so I've already dug some of that out because it was just you know taking over everything and I've got the same with um with a few other things and then I also want to collate some things as I don't know in my head when I when I plant things I tend to dot them about but now I'm thinking I want maybe want the same plant three of the same plant in one place if you see what I mean to make a bit better impact also makes it easier for me because I can see how many of those I've got that I can cut but I don't want to um monocrop anything because I don't think that that's uh, the way forward um with pests and diseases really uh, talking of pests and diseases we've not had very many this year at all um and i'm really glad about that I, I literally i've not seen black fly or green fly i don't know if that's right the way across the country or whether that's because we've now got a really established um beds that are you know they've got all kinds of things in them and nature's balancing itself out i mean the, the amount of birds we have here is unbelievable i was saying to my mum last night really i should start writing down every single thing that we that i see because um you know birds and insects and all kinds of things just tons of them um which is lovely it's brilliant and we've we've got lots of we've, so we've got gravel in the front drive and we've got loads of weeds and john spent a long time hand weeding it and i said to him you're wasting your time because by the time you finish one bit you'll be it'd be like the fourth bridge you'll be back to the start uh, lo and behold that's exactly what happened but and and so i like oh, maybe we should weed killer that but then i saw um i was sat there drinking my tea one day and this um posse i don't i can't remember i didn't know the word but i can't think what it is at the minute this posse of um sparrows came down a big family of sparrows and they were busy feeding away on whatever was in the weeds on in the thing and it was just a pleasure to see um so then I'm like, no, 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 can't do that, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, the, so the pest and diseases have been quite minimal this year. Um, entirely, really. I've got a bit of black spot on some of the roses, but um, other than that, not had green fly at all. And not, I, we did plant some broad beans very early on, so I they were able to come out. I was able to harvest them young and very early, so we didn't get black fly on those either but and the only other thing that does get smothered in black fly which is a real shame because i bought it um with the in purpose of using it for various things is the um the sambuca nigris, nigris which is the dark elderflower which has the pink flowers on which you can make pink elderflower <laughs> cordial and i had intended that and also the foliage is beautiful so that was going to be a bit of an all-rounder but every year that is smothered in black fly, absolutely smothered. Maybe that's just where they all are. Maybe they're just all on that and that's fine, you know. That's a, be a sacrificial shrub. 
<laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, so, but everything else. And we've also, the other thing I've said is that we have got a lot... Sorry, it comes the plane again. Um, a lot of uh, nuts, an, an extraordinary amount of nuts on the nut trees, an extraordinary amount of acorns on the oak tree, um, so I'm kind of thinking it's a mast year. Well, it is a mast year. There are um, a, an extreme amount of berry, you know, blackberries on each bush, um, hawthorn berries. Uh, everywhere you look, there are berries, lots of them. And we've had a lot of top fruit. So um, I, into my way of thinking, that's, that's kind of pointing to a hard winter somewhere, somewhere along the line. The other indicator, which I um, found fascinating when I was uh, reading on a website called Weather Without Technology, is the height of things like teasels. Um, so so fee, food for birds for the winter the height of everything's very tall this year again indicating that the ground might be too frozen to for them to feed so everything's grown up a little bit higher maybe i mean wouldn't it that would be if it turns out like that i will think mother nature has so got this you know she just knows what she's doing and we're just um floundering around trying to figure out because basically I think that's what it is. But she, uh, you know, the the indicators are there, as far as I can see, for a hard, frozen winter ahead. Um, which is good, because that kills off, you know, pests and diseases as well. Um, not so great for us, because it means our heating bill will be a little bit higher, but, you know, we can't have everything, can we? <laughs> so, yeah, that's how we're going at the minute. Um... I've managed to harvest a few a few bits and pieces, bean, runner beans, uh, not runner beans, dwarf beans. And I have got, in my greenhouse, uh, where they're growing nicely, I had to put them in there, keep them away from the butterflies, um, some brassicas. So I've got kale and I've got purple sprouting broccoli because I love that when it comes round to early next year and you've got some fresh veg that you can go and harvest so they are waiting to go in the ground um I was kind of thinking it might be this week uh, but it's too hot so I'll leave it for now and also I just need to rejiggle some of these beds so um <laughs> it's uh everything everything's all waiting on something else you know and I think just at the time when it will be perfect to go 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 I'll be going away on holiday for a fortnight so um that's life but I, I you know I tend not to stress too much about it these days because it's, that's not worth it This one will be the flower section and how how that's going so i'm a year and a half in now so i'm kind of um fine you know finding my feet there's still lots to learn lots to learn from but i'm kind of get i'm i kind of understand the rhythm of it now um and it's uh there is a rhythm to it really just like um vegetable gardening you know that has a rhythm and um a more intense rhythm than just decorative well i don't know maybe that's not fair i don't know decorative gardening but i guess if you're doing it um you know if you're a, a head gardener somewhere you you find the rhythm as well so maybe not but there is definitely a rhythm and um at the minute so at the minute i've got arriving um, bulbs bulbs are arriving which were ordered way back um, and you have to order them in advance because uh, there are flower farmers popping up all over the place which is fabulous but of course the more there are the you know the bulbs have to go around more people until the um, producers catch up with the idea that there are a lot more uh, flower farmers wanting these flowers so um, you have to put your order in um, when you can you know as soon as you can really so my my bulb order went in very early this year um, in order to get the exact ones that I want to be able to grow uh, my seed order for my, my my seed orders for my hardy annuals are, have arrived they're already good to go next year um, and I've this time I've gone more with the kind of a color palette 
which I didn't ever think I would do, but I have. And that's just with the annuals, to be fair. I mean, my perennials um, are the backbone of what I've got. And then the annuals add, um, I don't know, they, they add softness and glamour and a bit of pop, really, to everything. Um, the one thing I haven't really established is a, a foliage, but I think, uh, you know, and at one time the tendency is to think, oh, I must buy that and I must buy that and I must buy that. And don't get me wrong, I have done that and I still do that sometimes. <laughs> but you can't grow everything. You can't, you can't grow everything. And so some things have to be ordered. Here comes the plane again. It's doing bumps and circuits, obviously. Um, so you have to um, think, right, okay, well, I can't grow everything. So what can I grow that is going to grow successfully here? And what do I just buy in when I need it? So um, at the minute, foliage is something I buy in from um, another British grower uh, because... I don't, you know, it takes, and even if you planted a foliage patch, it's going to take two or three, well, three years before you can start really harvesting from, from it before, so as not to do any damage. So I'm kind of thinking, I'll just, you know, I'm happy with just buying that in and uh, that'll be fine. I don't know what was making that noise. Can you hear it? Bird, obviously, but it's caught, they're calling to each other. <laughs> it's in stereo. I think it's because the cat is about. That's why it's an alarm call. Um, yeah, so um, I've been busy. I've been uh, really busy. So busy, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to really take off. Um, <laughs> so, and even John could see how busy it was getting. And um, that was sort of like um, end of June, beginning of July. So, uh, Towards the end of the term and the beginning of the school holidays, I was hugely busy. Um, I rushed off my feet, I would say. <laughs> I literally was. And then the last two weeks of the school holidays really died off. Re- I mean, like there was, I hardly had um, any orders. But I'm guessing that people were away on holiday and um, or getting ready to go back to school or spending their money on other things, which is fine. I do get random orders now and again, like. I had one yesterday, a phone call yesterday actually, can you do me an urgent delivery today? And actually I was, I couldn't because I wasn't even home. So I, I rang her back and I said, no, I'm really sorry, I can't. And she said, no, it's okay, I've got something else sorted, but thank you for ringing me back, I appreciate it. So that's a like, good customer service really. You have, to, you have to provide good customer service too. But I do get, um, you know, I've got one or two customers that will um, ring me up and say, could you do me a 50 pound bouquet for this afternoon? I'm like, oh. You know, if it's early enough in the morning, I can. I can go around and cut and, and I have that done. But um, one of them was on the, the the Saturday that we were having Oscar's birthday party, which was delayed by a week because he had to go into hospital for an operation the day before his actual birthday. Um, and he messaged me, rang me at sort of 10 or 11 o'clock and said, could you do that? And I'm like, no, I'm really sorry. And I hated, hated turning that down. I really hated turning that down. But um, you just have to realise, you know, your um, what your limits are. You do really have to realise that, you know, you've got these limits and um, as much as customers want something, you if you're not able to do it, you have to be able to turn around and say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Uh, which is which I found difficult because I think oh, please I just I want that customer to come back to me it was a return customer it had already been once before but I don't want him to think I can't do them but but then also he needs to kind of understand that I need a little bit more notice than that really but there you go I guess that's just a case of having a chat and saying look this is the situation <laughs> um so as we go into September God, that really that's really knocking my concentration that is as we go into September obviously the the flowers are all um dying back although you know the summer flowers although I do have um carnation not carnations chrysanthemums which are outside at the minute but they will move into the polytunnel so that they don't get damaged by the rain and the cold not that we're having any at the minute um they will move inside so that I don't they don't get too damaged and I hopefully be able to use them I've got and I have got other um plants that I have got for winter use 
but not very many as we go through into winter. It um, becomes a little bit more difficult. So you have to use a lot more foliage, which obviously going to cost me more because I will be buying that in wholesale. But, um, you know, it, it's, it swings and roundabouts, really. You can go through the whole um, spring and summer season just, just using your own plants, which, yes, you initially laid out a lot of money, especially perennials and things. But once they're in and a lot of them are cut and come again and they just keep coming and coming um you know you that is where you're going to win really over so and i'm also finding that people like a theme that people love a theme they like a theme there's no two ways about it um so that i mean that theme includes things like mother's days and birthdays and um and that's basically what you're aiming your market at really so mother's days birthdays occasions not very many people just randomly pick up a casual bunch of flowers some i do have some customers who regularly have them fortnightly or whatever um but mostly people like um they love the workshops um and they like i did some um so a friend of mine, her mum died, and her mum was 101, um, but she died, and she said to me, do you think you could do me some hats, some flowery hats for the funeral? Because mum wanted us to wear flowery hats and flowery dresses, and I said, yeah, that's not, that's not a problem. And I said that, and then I, then I, I, I thought, oh God, how am I going to do that? I've never done one before, really. Um, not that it's got to hold up for the day, anyway. And... Uh, I've had to practice with the flowers and see what would hold up and really look really look at the flowers and think, right, what is going to hold well out of water um, and what foliage is going to hold well out of water. Those, those kinds of things are all things that you learn um, as you're going along, really. And um, so I did these hats and, uh, you know, I did social media picture and people loved them. And I'm like, I said to John, well, I don't understand what people see it took you know <laughs> i had more comments and more likes about those hats than anything else almost so it's like i don't understand it but they you know that's that's people they're all they're all different and so um you know they, they obviously see something i don't see uh but my brother said oh you could do festival hats next year and i'm like oh yeah festival you know and in fact i'm thinking maybe dried flower festival crowns flower crowns and things like that so people that's what i'm saying people like a theme they like um you know they like their they seem to like their flowers to be for something rather than just for decorative purpose i'm and i'm sure there are lots of people out there who just like them for decorative purposes but um i'm finding that a lot of most people and i would i would probably say 90 percent of people uh like it to for something that you know or or a theme you know and it can be a theme you could you could theme it and you know they don't you know it's not really for anything but they still want it because it's i don't know <laughs> it's this is a strange thing which i'm still getting my head around but it'll be um you know it's it's, it's all part of the learning curve and it it has been a massive learning curve as well and it you know hugely but great fun i mean such great fun and there are there are lots and lots of um new flower farmers popping up all over the country which is fantastic because at the end of the day um for me it goes back to my my core values of local and seasonal um and british um which is as i always say to me that's the most you know that the local economy is the most important economy despite what you get told from the top um if you can drive the local economy you're on a winner you know really i think i don't know i'm no i'm no economist but i to me that just seems very simple and basic so going forward i've got the workshop on saturday and i have got a flower delivery arriving today because um uh, initially I had seven people coming and now I've got six but um I don't have enough like filler flower because I wasn't able to plant that so um I had to order in um something like that but that's fine as long as you weigh up the costs and everything and again I always use um British growers I sometimes it's tempting tempting to look at the imported stuff and think oh my gosh they're beautiful flowers that's a beautiful flower we don't you know we haven't got that here but um 
I don't. I never, I never, I don't, and I never would. So uh, I'm very focused on that um, fact, and I try to be very focused on um, using compostable, uh, recyclable materials when I'm doing the flowers as well, because that's, you know, that, that's important to me. That's my values, and, uh, and, that, and I try to... Um, teach that as well within my workshops to try to educate educate people in you know and, and I'm surprised I'm always surprised with the different workshops how many people don't um get it <laughs> uh, but you know and they're like oh yeah right get that now um there are some that come at do they're completely and I'm I'm surprised by them as well I'm like oh brilliant she gets it you know they get it um but and there, but there are a lot that you know they look at them and the realization on their face is uh, is great really you think yeah well actually I've I've imparted some knowledge and that's fantastic that's that's what I um, like to do love to do that so yeah we got the workshop Saturday um, I've got I've got a uh, I wouldn't call it a contract because we haven't signed anything but with a local nursing home so every birthday flowers go down. To the local nursing home for that person so I've got some of those to do Friday um, I do supply the local pub with flowers as well um, and I do get quite a lot of inquiries about weddings but I'm still not going there I mean I, I small weddings and maybe I should just put that on my thing I'll do small weddings um, so look, looking at bouquets buttonholes and a few jam jar flowers for the table or a few arrangements for the table whatever but anything bigger than that, no, I don't think so. And I had to, uh, an inquiry come in the other day. It was quite big and um, a big wedding. And I thought, I said, as oh, much as my, you know, much as I think, oh, I'd love to do that. I know I wouldn't be able to, A, because I don't have the skills to do uh, some of it. And also, you know, people get married in the sunshine <laughs> and I can't do that either. So, and it's massively stressful. So, um, so I passed on details of other British growers because they specifically wanted British flowers, which is fantastic. I mean, absolutely brilliant that you get an inquiry from a couple who just want British flowers and British foliage. It's just like, uh, it's like the, the, the message is getting out, you know, and it's just brilliant. So I passed um, details of other uh, people that I know do wedding flowers and when you do weddings as well most people who do will do weddings they grow um uh flower palette colors if that makes sense of flowers so they will have colors for different uh people's di different tastes in different weddings um there are so many i mean there's a, you've got boho weddings and you've got gothic weddings and you've got um you know country weddings and <laughs> just <laughs> but there are people who grow specifically in color palettes for that um which i don't do so mine's very haphazard and you know you get what there is <laughs> kind of thing and my customers say that and they're fine with that you know i've got a very small wedding in november and i you know i said to her this is what i probably will have available at the time uh, however it may change um and, and she's like, yeah, that's fine. We just, you know, we're not worried. We just want, you know, your flowers. And I'm like, brilliant, that's fab, that's fab. Um, so if people get that, that's great. We've got so used to in society having things on demand, I think. Um, but I think it's slowly changing. Uh, and people realise, you know, especially after COVID, you just, there are, you can't just have things on demand. Not everybody realises that, I'm sure. There's still people out there. But um, a lot of people that you talk to realise that, you know things you can't just have things we've become such a society where you know next day delivery is possible and um or even that or even that evening of the morning that you you know ordered it um and people can just have what they want and uh we've become that kind of society but i think that's slowly kind of ebbing away a little bit now hopefully because because we can't always have what we want um that's not always possible um but yeah i guess as long as people understand that that's uh then we're all on the same page but yes yeah, so, so the flower is the flowers things is going well i've got um wreath workshops booked in i've got people who ask me can i come and do a wreath workshop here there and everywhere which i can't because i don't have the insurance for that at the minute to go mobile um i need to sort that out maybe next year um i've got i've even got a pumpkin a pumpkin workshop 
this you see what I mean about the theme you know if there's a theme people are there they're just like yeah great <laughs> so and I'm like that's never been me but it, it's becoming me because because that's my that's my customer base so you know I'm becoming that person so um fabulous and I'm just doing an online um course at the minute with create academy which is actually quite good that's the second one I've done um and with a lady called willow crossley um where willow crossley creates and she's um just the loveliest person uh, just so enthusiastic about everything uh, which is quite infectious is very infectious um so i'm doing that at the minute because uh, I think you always need to invest in what, you, what you're what you doing. You need to invest in yourself so that you can um, continue to learn and um, stretch yourself a little bit. I've got dried flowers growing this year. Uh, no, I haven't got dried flowers growing. I've got dried flowers drying or fresh flowers drying, um, hanging up everywhere uh, to dry. So I've been making dried flower things as well because that obviously then extends your season and then when you go up in the run-up to Christmas you've got Christmas presents and um, gifts and things like that where you can offer and I am doing the local coffee morning tabletop sale again for that Um, although I was asked to do another one but probably decline because it just starts to get too close to Christmas and they're like yeah I I like a gentle run-up to Christmas I do not like a frantic busy charge up to Christmas (laughs) I like a gentle run-up. Um, a gentle run-up to Christmas is my ideal, uh, the ideal way for me. I'm not, uh, I'm not frantic, but I probably will be very busy um, in the run-up to Christmas because there are bound to be people who who want me to do table decorations and um, all kinds of things like that. So, you know, those those are the times of year when you are um, very busy. Um, it seems from experience now it's like Christmas um, Halloween is the first one I've done this year so not so um, Christmas Mother's Day um, end of term end of the summer term yeah yeah busy 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 times of the year Um, but this time of year kind of a little bit more laid back now thank goodness because I can't run on full speed all the time as I just become exhausted and don't know whether where I am I, I've got a diary that everything is put in the diary so um every little tiny thing is put in the diary um it's almost like a notebook daily notebook really uh just to keep myself on track really except for I don't put in <laughs> stupidly what I've ordered you know, plant-wise and bulb-wise. and So I, I know, so I had some bulbs come the other day, which I knew I'd ordered, and I know I've got another order coming, and I've got a vague feeling I have some others, but I didn't write it down. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what happens. You sort of end up with lots of stuff coming. Think, oh, I've forgotten I'd order that. So I need to really nail that as well, because uh, that's not great. So what else has been happening? Well, plenty really. Um, life is always busy, especially when you've got six grandchildren. Um, so one of the things that we did back in May was no mo May. And I said to John, let's extend that into June. So we did. And then all of July and August, it rained. Um, and it rained, um, you know, sometimes we'd have a dry day, but not enough then to dry the grass enough to cut it by so by the time we tried to cut it it got very long um and john got the mower out eventually and basically um the belt broke because it burnt out the spring broke because the grass was too long to try and cut it with the ride on mower and so we called the mower man and he came and picked it up and I said, I'll oh, just do a service on it as well. And he said, oh, you're not the only one. People have been trying to cut the grass, you know, and because it's thick at the bottom um, with all the rain that we've had, it's just it's just burning out uh, the mowers and things like that. So we're not the only one. So John's been effing and jeffing <laughs> at my decision to do no mow May and June because it's made life incredibly difficult cutting the grass now. Um, 
we he uh, we he's had to kind of strim it and then mow it a bit and then mow it with a ride-on mower, which we don't have a collector on the ride-on mower, stupidly. And then he goes over it with a hand mower, which is no mean feat when you've got like a half an acre paddock to pick up any debris. <laughs> so he's, yeah, it's been um, tough. And, I, and he said, we're not doing that next year. And I said, no, I totally agree. We will do, we will leave the margins long and keep the main um, areas uh, a little bit shorter. <laughs> shorter <laughs> because it's um yeah it's, it's a bit of a mistake and the, the other situation we have obviously because we've got the horses is that they because normally through the summer the the grass growth will slow because of the heat and um so you know that it's fine to leave them out grazing this summer it's not been like that because it, the grass has just literally just grown like a lawn i mean for instance they're in a they are now in a restricted paddock and they've been in there over a week and it's the smallest paddock we got and they're not batting an eyelid because the grass is just growing so quickly back through where they've eaten it off that they're not worried that they're unrestricted because it's basically not restricted. And the farrier said, yeah, everybody's having the same problem. We don't know what to do with the horses because you can't restrict them unless you've got a dust paddock um, because the grass just keeps growing. I know it's like, and I think um, this weekend on the neighbouring field over there that I'm looking at now, that's had two cuts of hay this year. They've had they've been able to get two cuts of hay, um, and they're busy hay making this week because it's such a glorious week to do it. Um, so you know anybody making hay is having a great time because they managed to get two lots out. Um, but the rest of us that don't really want that much grass are struggling to keep the grass down. Um, I guess we could have bailed it, but we don't have the equipment for that. We've never had the equipment for that, and you know. I'm not sure I'd have to do the costs to see if it was um, cost effective to get someone in to do that I'm not sure um, maybe a couple of our paddocks are big enough and you might get I don't know a few bales of hay actually out of it but to be fair our horses because they've got a lot of area we don't feed them a lot of hay so and they really only get hay when it, when there's snow on the ground all the ground is frozen that's it um so you know for us it's not cost effective so we have to manage the grass uh, ourselves which seems crazy but um on the on the other side on the flip side the amount of wildlife uh, that we've had and insects and that is phenomenal so maybe that helped towards my um, pest control i don't know um so yeah that's one big thing that we've had to deal with we've got uh, I don't know. Also, because I've been out of action for um, quite a few months, really. Um, and it just goes to show, I said to John, it goes to show that I initiate, even if I don't do the jobs myself, that I initiate them. And I, because I couldn't, they just didn't get done. And so, you know, we've got fences that are now falling down. And because normally I would have been out there and identified that that post needs going back, putting back in. And, or, or something needs strimming or and because I wasn't out there looking at it all um it didn't get done which is fair enough I mean John works as well so we kind of got to the point now where we like well do we get someone in now to do some ground maintenance because um you know it's it got to one of those a stage where there's so much to do you don't even know where to start and you know and John's still busy working so it's um what do you do? Do you lay out money to, and pay someone else? Which I would do. But John's not too keen on doing that. <laughs> He'd rather do it himself and moan his head off that how much work he's got to do. But, uh, you know, well, you can't have it all, can you? So, yeah, so that's one of the things um, that we've been um, trying to deal with. Um, what else have we been doing? Well, I mean, so many. Th- I, like I said, I've had the. We've got. I've got. We've got six grandchildren now. So, through the summer holidays, um, various um, days out and weekends or evening, you know, sleepovers. And I just had the uh, Mia and the twins for a sleepover last weekend because it was. Um, it's a whole year since Sam and Luke got married, and so they went away for the weekend. So I had their kids, which was absolutely exhausting. 
and also I don't think I'll be doing that again in a hurry. Um, I have Oscar once, uh, one day a week now when um, Charlotte is back at work. She goes back to work three days a week, she's gone back to work. And I have him for one of those days. So that is a day that I can't really do much else, really, because, you know, he's, a, he's just one. So all the attention is on him, apart from when he's asleep, and then I can nip out and do things, but uh, not very much. Um, yeah, and just really, we're just tickling along as usual. Um, we don't We don't have any intentions to... Well, I know we don't. I, I've, we just got to the age where, like, no, no more, no more small holding animals apart from the chickens that are coming in today. Um, you know, and I, as animals naturally go, if you like, then we won't be replacing them. Maybe the cats. I mean, the cats are only three anyway, so the, the, the youngest two. So, <coughs> excuse me. Hopefully, they'll be around for a long time, and they do a fabulous job of mousing. I mean, every single day. Um, they've got mice, you know, they constantly, I don't even know where they all come from, these mice, but they've always got a mouse every morning. They're walking up the path, making that noise. Look at what I found. Look what I've got for breakfast. Um, so yeah, uh, and the dogs, obviously we've got the dogs and I, I think a, a memory popped up on my page the other day and Mia's now 11, 11 years old, which amazed me. I'm like, well, where did that time go? She's 11 now. Um, patch that makes patch nine so uh you know they've got a few years to go yet hopefully um yeah but uh, yeah everything else is just you know we're just tickling along ambling along like we always have really uh, and trying to do it a little bit slower pace than than we've done before which is probably why things are getting a bit out of hand but we have got we have there is a lot of tidying up to do and a lot of, there's always a lot of tidying up to do i don't even know where all this stuff comes from half the time or uh, for instance I'm looking at my garden now and the fence between my garden and the paddock um some hazel saplings have obviously sprouted and now over the time they've got bigger and they're pushing the fence over and so they, those sort of things have to be sort of addressed really as well because they're just and, and you know and the nut trees have got massive again so they need a cut back and it's always something always something um so yeah it's uh pretty much life as usual at the minute and we're going into the slower months which is which is nice um as far as outside is concerned although we're not yet there yet because we've got this blisteringly hot week but it'll probably dive right down to about 13 degrees next week um and then that's the time I can sort of um do crafty things indoors you know do some crafting or spend times with the dried flowers and things like that so um we have there's a i'll tell you a story about so on monday i was sat right where i am now well actually i was coming out of the back door and as i look across so i've got as i come out of our back door I've, there's a, like a little um an area a small area where i'm sat now and then that goes into through a gate into my garden and then that uh the garden fence and then there's a paddock and then another fence and beyond that paddock is uh, the farmer's field. And um, the hedge line all along there is ours. But right opposite our back door is like a gap in the hedge where obviously something's died. And I can see through to the field. Um, obviously in the winter I can see right the way along, but in this time of year you can just see through the gaps. So I can see through the gaps into the field. And on Saturday night um, they, cut, they cut the hay and um monday morning it must have been about half seven eight o'clock i walked out the door and i looked across because it's right in my eye line i looked across and i thought what is that sat in the field and uh it was um a, like a beige fawn color like a deer and i thought well, must be a deer sat there in the middle of the field which is unusual anyway um and i could see a so it's beige and i could see a cream area on it as well and um, I thought, well, it must be injured if it sat right in the middle of the field like that. That's really odd. So I went back in to get my binoculars and I came out and uh, I stood by the back door and looked through the binoculars and they're not great. They're just small ones. And I thought, well, I don't know, I still can't make that out. And then as I walked down towards um, the fence in the garden, 
it obviously realised somebody was there, got up, and just as I looked through my binoculars, it looked across at me and then wandered off. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I, so it wasn't a fox. It wasn't a deer. And at first I thought it was, um, without the binoculars, I thought, oh, it's our neighbour's dog across the road because they've got, like, a golden Labrador. But when I looked through the binoculars, it's definitely not a dog. Um, because it had pointy ears. <laughs> and it was far bigger than a domestic cat. So, um, I, yeah, so then I, I messaged, because obviously we're not far from the wildlife park, so I messaged one of the um, keepers that I know down there, and I said, you haven't lost anything recently, have you? From, well, at least I, no, no, definitely haven't lost anything, got no escapees. So I thought, okay. So I messaged um, a friend of mine up the road, who is actually, um, she does the local neighbourhood watch and things. And I said, oh, I know this is a bit of a weird question. I said, but you haven't had any sightings of any unusual animals, have you? Um, and, uh, and no, I'm not on anything and I haven't had a glass of wine because <laughs> it's first thing in the morning. And um, not that I drink anyway, but... Uh, and she said, um, and she didn't say, she didn't reply, you know. I, said, I, I explained to her what I saw and what I knew it wasn't. And um, she just gave me a thumbs up and I thought, oh, she thinks I'm a crackpot. Anyway, she messaged back later and she said, oh, she said, because um, I'd said, I think it was a lynx. Uh, and she messaged back later and she said, oh, yes, I've seen that quite a few times. She said, I'm glad to know it's still about. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Uh, because we have lots of sightings around here with big cats. Uh, and, and I've said before, like 40 years ago, we saw something popping over the wall um, before we even had children. And um, the back end of it popped over the wall and John and I were like, what is that? And um, and John is convinced that's what he saw run across him across the lane in front of him um, last year. I think it was last year or earlier this year. Um, but this was totally different. It was not a, like a big cat with a big cat sleek tail. This was definitely, definitely more lynx-like. And, and just literally when it looked up at me, um, I thought, oh, my goodness me. <laughs> and it just casually wandered off. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so uh, so I, th- I think that's what it was. Um, I, I can't definitely say because I couldn't get, you know, as I caught it in the binoculars, it looked up and wandered off. And it then it was beyond where I could see so um and I did walk up and down the garden then trying to get a good look through the hedge and John said uh when he came home he said oh I'll pop over there um and have a look uh because he when he came home in the evening and I said well you can't now because they've they've been out um in this afternoon turn the hay so whatever it had left there because it was definitely eating something on the ground whatever it had left there has now been um disrupted by them turning the hay I guess so uh, it's either that or I'm completely nuts I don't think I am I it's like I say to people and people think you're a bit mad but when you live somewhere for a very long you know a long time and you see things day in day out day in day out you know what looks right and what doesn't and what fits and what doesn't you just know and um when I saw it which is why I went and got the binoculars when I saw it there in the first place, I thought, well, that doesn't look right. If it's a deer, then if it's in the middle of the field, then it's injured, obviously, because um, it's uh, it shouldn't be sat in the middle of the field doing whatever it was doing. Um, so, yeah, um, but I think that was probably a lynx, um, interestingly enough. But um, and I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that's seen it. So, yeah, I'm not mad. I'm going to round this one up for today and um, maybe that's how I'll do it from now on. Just do it all in one day when I've got a day to do it because I'm sitting in the shade because I can't get out in the sun. (laughs) That's not going to last very long, is it? Um, Actually, I'm sitting waiting for a customer to come and collect uh, flowers. Our hens have arrived this afternoon, so that's good. Um, I've managed to convince John to have a pizza for dinner he doesn't like pizza and I don't blame him really because there aren't very many nice ones out there but and I haven't homemade this one but I just do not want to be cooking in this weather it's sweltering I think it's registering 31 at the minute 
um, and it's now half past three and it just this time of day just seems to get hotter and hotter I've just had to go into my flower room and hang up some sheets on the windows because it's so hot in there um, <laughs> try and cool everything down and um, this time next week we'll probably be moaning that it's cold and raining again so anyway that's that's how life goes that's the warts and all um, have a great one and uh, I will catch you next time <laughs>